It's the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Glad you're with us. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good afternoon, Fred. Good afternoon. Turning to the latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter. On top is a New York Times piece headlined, Tesla says autopilot makes its cars safer, crash victims say it kills. Now, the focus of the article is on a crash in California a couple of years ago that killed a 15-year-old riding with his father in a pickup truck that was hit when it changed lanes in front of an oncoming, oncoming Tesla Model 3. Alan, the, the video is included with the article, and you have some comments about it. Yeah, and of course, I mean, it's tragic that that, uh, that the 15-year-old lost his life in, in this thing, and it's tragic that we have these crashes. And I guess, uh, you know, my bottom line, which we'll get to, is that, my goodness, the automated emergency braking system in these vehicles should keep them from crashing. Darn it. <laughs> How many times have we said it? We said it with respect to the, the car that caught fire and, and uh, you know, it was two people died in it. I mean, why are these cars crashing? Uh, so that, to me, that's, you know, that's kind of the key thing that goes, or one of the key things that goes on here. Uh, the second one is, is with respect to this, uh, this particular crash, uh, the NHTSA announcement and, and the requirement now that, that the data uh, surrounding crashes that involve these vehicles will now become uh, available or need to be uh, released uh, by the by the companies that 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 make these vehicles that, that actually capture the data so for this one we happen to have uh, some video so video will be made available in each one of these crashes uh, coming forward not just this particular one. Uh, this one also has some data about the speed uh, of the um, of the uh, Tesla. Uh, those kind of data will now be available not for essentially all these type of crashes in the future. Um, more importantly, uh, other data uh, associated with these things. Uh, all these vehicles uh, maintain, all these systems maintain time to collision estimates, which really tend to guide uh, when brakes start being applied and sort of the kind of the one of the magic numbers that's, that at least one of the companies uses is, you know, once it gets within 1.6 seconds of a collision so that the time the collision is 1.6 seconds, assuming, you know, to do a time to collision, you have to assume a future. You have to assume what happens over that 1.6 seconds. Well, it assumes that, that uh, the the car you're traveling in continues on at, at its current speed and um, and that the vehicle ahead uh, continues on or the object ahead continues on at its current speed. That speed may be zero, for example, if it's a brick wall or it's a tree or whatever. Uh, but uh, this time to collision with objects in the, in the, in the lane ahead is, is computed 
is, is, is computed continuously. Now, I suspect in some of these systems as often as once every uh, 20th of a second or 20 times a second. If it's not, it should be. If, it, if <laughs> you know, whether it's a minimum every 10th of a second, possibly every 30th of a second, these computations take place. Once you achieve a threshold of 1.6 seconds, bam, that's, you know, it's really when you start slamming on the brakes. And I think at one point, the Mercedes advertised that, you know, what it does is it tightens the seatbelt, it closes windows, it closes sunroofs, it brings down a, um, um, uh, something, a, a constraining system that keeps the engine from shearing off your legs, you know, those kinds of things. So these vehicles are all doing the, the, this computation of this estimation of the time to collision. And of course, you know, that's kind of a key thing. Some assumptions have to be in there in that time, it can, uh, time to collision because we're talking about the future. And anytime you're talking about the future, you have to make some assumptions. So, you know, undoubtedly, um, the Tesla was making time to collisions computations on this. I did not see those data released, but I would expect that those data would be released uh, with respect to uh, going forward because of this NHTSA announcement. Right, and, and there, is a, there is a court case, it appears, ongoing in, the, in this case. So There's it's... a court case ongoing on this case, and I would imagine the lawyers have discovery, and they're asking Tesla, you know, give me the data, give me the data, and all all these sorts of things, I would imagine, you know, sort of in discovery, you ask for everything. <laughs> you basically ask for everything. Now, whether or not Tesla has it, Tesla kept it, somehow it disappeared. Who knows? I don't know. You know, maybe they've already divulged it. I haven't done that much digging into this case. I'm not involved. I'm just, you know, right. reading the article and what's in the article. And I think you pointed out the video makes it appear that the, that the, that the pickup truck swerved in or moved into the uh, Tesla's yeah, lane. Well, I mean, and there's so many questions still. That yeah, it's obvious the pickup truck cut, cut off the Tesla. I mean, you know, in common terminology on the right. street, you know, no engineer scientists or whatever, you know, if you were driving down there, you'd say you were cut off by the thing. You know, did the driver see the Tesla coming? Probably not. Otherwise, why would he have done that? Uh, the other data that may very well be uh, have been captured by this is not only uh, the um, the time to collision uh, with with this vehicle, but also the time to collision with the truck that this vehicle was following. I mean, one would expect that the autopilot system is sitting there monitoring the vehicles around it. It can readily see not only the pickup truck, but the truck in front of it. Common things that happen in these things is basically you, you identify where those things are relative to, to, to the nose of the vehicle. So you know how far ahead they are of you and what the, what the speed of each, ob, uh, each of those objects are. And you know your own speed. So you know the closing speed with not only the pickup truck, but with the, with the vehicle in the neighboring lane. And so knowing the speed of those two vehicles, you also can sit there and compute what the time the collision was between the pickup truck and, and the truck ahead that apparently caused the driver to say, oh my goodness, maybe he was bailing out because he was about to crash into the, into the, 
the the truck ahead of them. You know, all that is all in the data set that must be must certainly will be contained within the releases going forward that have to be given to to NHTSA. Why? Because these things are in fact computed by these systems. And so one hat one will have that. Okay. So to sort of get some independent evidence as to why the person that person might have been basically moving over to the right lane and cutting off the Tesla. Okay, so there's a, there's a cutoff issue that's associated there. The other interesting piece of this thing is, is that not only did the pickup truck move over, but you can see from the video that the brake light came on. Okay, so my goodness, a vehicle is moving over onto your lane, cutting you off, and the brake light coming on. I mean, maybe an, a crash wasn't was there's, you know, even Isaac Newton couldn't have done anything about this one. Why? Because the physics were there, you know, once you start doing that, uh, you know, there's going to be a crash. Don't know, don't have the details, but that could be part of it. So the, all those things go into that. But there's the other element of this thing is, is that, and, and the intent of the article is to try to raise questions about autopilot and what autopilot is doing. Put that aside, I still want to raise the question is what is the automated emergency braking system doing? Okay, and why didn't the automated emergency braking system, why is it waiting so long? Maybe 1.6 seconds is too late. Maybe there should be a whole sort of approach to this thing. When you, once you get within two seconds time of collisions, the brakes should be starting to apply and you should start to slow down. Or what happens in different relative speed regimes? You know, the Tesla was traveling at 60 miles an hour, you know, and, and darn it, uh, uh, there, there aren't, there doesn't seem to be good enough design guidelines on these automated emergency braking systems that keep them from crashing. And in fact, you know, if you one looks at some of the announcements that have come out from the from the OEMs about these systems, you know, they don't look at them as crash rear end crash avoidance systems. They look them look at them as crash mitigation systems, which says, oh, it's okay. I mean, we'll we'll slow down the speed. In fact, the Tesla did slow down. It applied its brakes. It looks to me by at the plot. You know, the brakes finally, the calipers finally squeezed at something like just a little bit more than one second before the crash. And so that, you know, that did slow it down a little bit. Okay. But there was still a boom. Okay. May not have been a big boom. We should have from the Tesla data exactly what the what the impact velocity was because at that last just before impact, the data should show what the speed of the truck was, what the speed of the car was. We can take that difference. We know what the impact velocity should be in this case. Maybe not all that bad. Unfortunately, even with small crashes, guess what happens? People die, as happened in this thing totally unfortunate. So in fact, you know, instead of sitting there worrying about what autopilot does, you know, one should first make sure that the automated emergency braking systems in these vehicles actually work. And that means don't 
begin to stop, stop, don't crash. That's what it means to work, not just, oh, crash a little bit, boom, people die. So that's my number one point with that. The other deeper points with autopilot is, what is autopilot doing? Letting the Tesla pass on the right. Now, uh, maybe in the jurisdiction where this happened, passing on the right is legal. Uh, my guess, I doubt it. Okay? A lot, lot of questions and legalities. But, and Dan, darn it. Sure. The autopilot knew where it was. Certainly which state it was on. Knew which roadway it was. Knew which jurisdiction it was. And should have known whether or not passing on the right is legal. And if it isn't, why is the autopilot going there passing on the right? Why is it not programmed to say, who, I'm slowing down. I'm not passing on the right. You want to pass on the right, Fred? Your responsibility. You break the law. This one is on Elon. He broke the law. He sold, he put in there an algorithm that broke the law. That allowed the vehicle to do that. That you, allowed, there, there, that, 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 it did it. It didn't allow, it did it on the vehicle. It did it. Why isn't that, why wasn't that the discussion in this article? Okay. To me that, and, and one, one needs to address these things. You know, what about speeding? Okay. Now, speeding is a tough one. I, you know, I sort of put in, 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 in smart driving cars. Okay. We'll give it, we'll give everybody nine miles an hour. Okay. But darn it, autopilot should never. when the vehicle is controlled by autopilot or any one of these systems, allow the vehicle to go more than nine miles over the speed limit. Now, you know, if you talk to like Waymo and others and so on, they tell you, geez, you know, we won't even let these vehicles go above the speed limit. Right. Do, do we know, know, Alan, that, that, that the, that it was passing on the right or was it just staying in, and then no, it's bad. Watch the video. Yeah, okay. it's passing on the right. That's why you know the, the the other issue. He was, he was tempting to pass on the right. The other issue that was brought out, I believe, in the article, is that this fifteen-year-old was in the passenger seat, not wearing a seatbelt. But that, that's not relevant. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. <laughs> well, it's not irrelevant to the fatality. Totally, but. totally irrelevant. That's an unfortunate part that one has to talk to the family about, that that is really unfortunate. But it is irrelevant. The kid didn't need to wear, wear a seatbelt. If Tesla did not pass on the right, the kid would still be alive. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know. Everybody should take a look at it. You reach your own conclusion. That's my conclusion on this. And somehow we need to ha start having the discussion about this. 
Where are we going to let these systems break the law? I sort of say, hey, you know, we're going to have to let them do nine miles an hour over, I think. Otherwise, they're a hazard. And, you know, somebody's going to have to step up and actually say that. Or we're going to have to raise our speed limits by nine miles an hour or some number like that. Okay. And then say, hey, all this stuff of going, hey, I can go fast. No, you lose your privilege to use the roadway. Okay. The next one is, is, you know, to what extent should you be allowed to roll through a stop sign? That's illegal too. Hey, to me, I think it can go through a stop sign as long as there's nobody coming. Maybe. Okay. Why stop if there's nobody coming? And if you have all the intelligence, the vision and so on and so forth to see that nobody's coming, God bless you. Okay. I might argue, somebody else might argue something else, but the discussion should go on. When should you be allowed to cross a double line? Okay, double line, illegal to cross. Some situations really are that, you know, there's blockage here, da 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 nobody coming the other way, but da do da 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 Okay, nobody coming the other way. Hey, these systems are good enough to know if there's somebody coming the other way. And or depending on how far they can see. And if there's a hump in the road, you can't see over the hump, then stay to the right. You're not allowed to cross it because you couldn't see that there was nobody coming. If you can see nobody's coming, as far as I'm concerned, have a ball. Who cares? But, you know, somebody, somebody else needs to, other people need to weigh in. Okay, but the discussion needs to be had. These vehicles, these systems are driving the car. If we're driving the car, then we know who to blame, who to give the ticket to, who to make it happen. If they're driving the car, it is the manufacturer's responsibility. It is the responsibility of NHTSA to making sure that in fact, these things are obeying the law. If they're not obeying the law, it's just my view. What the hell? And, I mean, and, I, and the disclaimer know. that might say that you still have to be an attentive driver doesn't Absolutely. necessarily take away the responsibility. Doesn't necessarily take away. It doesn't say you have to, you, you want to pass on it, right? Turn on a pilot off and, you know, take your risk. Right. It's on you. You're the one that's driving. But the system should not allow it and should not but allow you system, to crash into a tree. If, or if I say, else. hey, right. hey, Fred, you drive. And hey, Fred, man, I want to go 100 miles an hour. And you decide to go 100 miles an hour and please stop you. And you say, oh, Alan told me to go give him the ticket. I'm there. <laughs> Yo, Fred, <laughs> you know, he said, she said, you know, never mind. I never told you that. Meanwhile, Alan. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> just to give some people some things that it's really important in this case. Right. Okay. To me, that's way more important. I mean, the kid we're not wearing a seatbelt or whatever totally irrelevant in some sense totally irrelevant that the guy cut off the tesla 
Tesla should not have been passing on the right. Hey, you pass somebody on the right in the Autobahn in Germany. I mean, you know, everybody driving around you is gonna, I mean, they're gonna, <laughs> you don't, you, oh no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was gonna no, say you don't. It's just not done. Everybody real here in Jersey. I mean, hey, the right, you want to go fast, you go in the right. It's unfortunate. But we've made the decision with our whatever intelligence. If it's if it's somebody, if it's Elon or 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 Mary or somebody else that's making this thing and it's doing it, and it should know better. Because it knows it's passing on the right. It knows what the speed limit is. It knows there's a double line there. It knows there's a stop sign there. If it doesn't, holy, I mean, would it's not worth not worth a nickel. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, on that on that track, uh, Alan uh, Tesla has now released what it what it calls full self driving Beta Nine. Uh, there are various write ups about it. One in the Verge adds in the headline, "Let the fun begin," and you point out that's a problem. That's a problem. It is a problem because this is not about fun. Okay. This is not about messing around. Oh, let me see what my, 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 what I'm calling it snake oil. I've decided to give it the name snake oil because I mean, it's being sold like snake oil. I mean, you know, everybody's up on some little platform. Hey, you know, this isn't about, you know, it's manhood or something like that, that it can do this. This is serious business of trying to get from A to B safely. Okay, and this isn't about fun. It's about maybe some some comfort and convenience. I would like my car to do more of the driving that I do and do it safer than I do it. God bless it. Would love to have it. Allow me to relax instead of... You know, absolutely. But it, of course, also has to work. And, you know, they released, you know, first videos. I mean, when did they take the first videos? At night with no traffic around. Okay, now it's the easiest piece. And then they, of course, show you going down there. And then, of course, the person taking, you know, doing the ride is all like proud of the darn thing. But but grabbing the wheel and doing stuff, you know, every whatever second or minute you know if this stuff really worked it'd be able to get me from a to b or for a certain amount of time my goodness you know if, even with version this is version nine even with version 18 you better still pay attention okay because there are how many things oh my goodness the, the person is making a right hand turn and has to grab on a hold of it because there's a pedestrian and a crosswalk. <laughs> Hello, you release something that can't even, that apparently doesn't yield to a pedestrian in the crosswalk that you're turning. And, and, and you call it full self-driving. That's, that's, 
that's an issue that's been brought up many I times. I don't know. Already. I mean, I'm just, I just watched a couple of minutes of it and I said, yo, I mean, yes, it is probably very good. Yes, as long as I'm paying attention, it probably drives better than I drive as long as I can, you know, <laughs> take over when there's a pedestrian in the right. But my goodness. Uh, I guess the question is, and it's been brought up before, is there something wrong with with the customer being told this is full self-driving while while Tesla is telling regulators something else altogether, that it's not full self-driving? I mean, if there's confusion in the message, okay, you have no hope of, of having 100% of the people understand it, okay? Now, maybe you're only, maybe it's impossible to have 100% of anything. I realize that, okay? But it's it'll be impossible to get 90%. You know, and 80, 80, 20 is, is not good here. It's not good, the 20% out there. And then, you know, what happens? They then kill us. Because it's not only you know their lives that are that are that are at risk; it's also ours. We may have been in that in that crosswalk. Come on, I mean this is serious. It's not fun. It's serious business. It can it can deliver safety. It can deliver comfort. It can deliver convenience. But it has to be respected. And maybe it needs to be renamed, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we can make something out of that. I don't know. We the, should the, think about it, but go ahead. And there are a lot of them out there. Look, the, the Tesla Model 3 has formally become Britain's best-selling car, period, last month. That means all cars, not just EVs. It's the Congratulations. It's, it's an enormously great accomplishment. Let's praise that. All the various crash tests with the vehicles, my goodness, the crash absorbency and all that stuff, you know, it gets nothing but the multiple stars. And I don't think they're cheating. Okay. And these systems can make it safer. But if it encourages you to misbehave, the misbehavior that it is encouraging you to do is really ugly. And it is really serious. And it's not just a little slap on the hand. It's, right. come on, it's such a, I mean, it, it's a shame. Another meanwhile, Elon Musk was in New Mexico today. And you know why? Because his friend Richard Branson was there and he was there to see him off as uh, Branson and three other passengers traveled into space aboard Virgin Galactic Spaceship 2 space plane today. Pretty impressive achievement, Al. Pretty impressive. And I'm, I'm sure Elon wasn't pleased that he that he used Land Rovers to go and uh, <laughs> go, go to the uh, to the to the space to the, the the spacecraft or whatever they call it uh, whereas you know whenever whenever um you know any of the astronauts get on top of a falcon 9 where they come they come in teslas you know so i guess the whole process of whoever's launching gets to put their cars in there 
not that uh, not that Branson owns Land Rover, but Land Rover, I guess it's if well, it was originally a British company. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know. Maybe Volkswagen. I, I don't know who owns. It. I should know. Oh, sorry, well, folks. Uh, well, educate me, please. <laughs> and there's the argument that uh, you know Bezos seems to be Jeff Bezos seems to be making that was well, did he really go into space or, or not? Which, yeah. No. I know. mean, uh, hey. They were it, waitlist for it, about four it, minutes up there. Yeah, it, it, it it's an enormous accomplishment. Okay, it is an enormous accomplishment to have an entity out of the private sector go and do that. And while I haven't really looked, I'm assuming without a bunch of government contracts. And if you sort of watched after they landed in terms of, um, you know, the entourage to bring the thing in and all that stuff, you know, completely different than bringing in the space shuttle. And I realize it's not the shuttle and the shuttle was a much bigger, whatever, but, but it, it really is impressive that in fact, you know, uh, private investors have put up uh, the risk capital to create this, and as I put it in in um, in smart driving cars, you know, this is a um, uh, this is this is a basically a, you know a moment of uh, just like um, um, the Wright brothers. You know, this is this is don't know where it's going to go. Is it just an amusement park for the rich to go up and you know? have a thrill, uh, have a thrill ride, you know, possibly in the beginning, that's all it is, but who knows what it's going to lead to. I mean, look at what the, the reusable Falcon 9 is, is, is leading, you know, SpaceX to do, uh, put all of these uh, communication satellites up there, you know, bring um, um, uh, internet to, to across the world with all their leo satellites and so on and you know they're all being done out of out of the private sector and so it's it's an enormous accomplishment and next up jeff bezos uh, on the 20th of this month if, yeah. I, if it goes according to schedule <laughs> yeah we'll watch that one and which is um which is um you know more challenging i would argue you know more challenging uh, more or less elegant we won't you know discuss about elegance but uh, uh will but, he uh, take us will he take a zooks to travel to the space <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe he'll take zooks instead of, yeah i mean the the fact that these these uh, these folks are doing it and then ste stepping up to the front and saying maybe they weren't the first absolute first ones there you know, because there have been a lot of test flights and so on and so forth, but basically going out there and, and saying, you know, this thing is safe enough for us to go there. I mean, we've argued, we've discussed this with respect to truly, not, I won't use the word truly, driverless cars providing mobility in, in places like Trenton to really do it, to be able to do it affordably and well, you know, they, they have to be driverless. And at some point, those who, who do the development are going to be certainly the first ones to ride it driverlessly. And in fact, not only do that, but, but basically back it up and say, if anything happens, it's on me. 
you know, because that's what Branson did today. You know, anything happens today, it's on me. And in fact, I'm putting myself in there. Okay. Now, it was a great, you know, publicity, whatever, and some, you know, made for movies and Hollywood and, and all sorts of other things. That he have. does know how to put on a show. He, he does know how to, but of course he does, you know, Virgin Records and so, of course he knows that. And nothing wrong with that because in the end, he said, you know, I have faith in, I, you know, I, I, people have done good work. And, and let's do it. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's what we're going to have to do to provide, you know, the, the uh, mobility w- with all this automation for, for everybody in, 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 in communities and cities and so on. It's going to have to do that. Those that do the technology are going to have to stand up in the front and say, Hey, at least with respect to the safety piece, it's on me. And that's what Elon has to do if he's really going to, you know, whatever he's promoting in his technology. And I would suspect he really has to step up in this, this first uh, case that we discussed. He has to say, my goodness, you know, my algorithms were breaking the law. passing on the right that's on me that's what he should be saying you know he's responsible for that code i don't know i guess i'll get a lot of hate mail or whatever i don't know i just one way to look at it, i'm throwing it out it's there. i mean if the technology is 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 there and able to prevent these things from happening, why isn't it always doing it? That, I mean, we've talked about that before, whether it was Tiger Woods hitting a tree or, or many other instances as yeah. well. Why doesn't it work? Why doesn't it work? And it's not that it got sun in my eyes, the dog ate my, my homework, you know, cut it out. That car knew it was passing vehicles on the right. And it was about to pass this truck on the right. And it was shooting down that lane, passing those things on the right. Sorry, I, I don't know. I don't know what a judge is going to say in this thing. I mean, <laughs> seems to me pretty clear. I don't know, black and white. I, what, what am I missing? Uh, maybe in this jurisdiction, passing on a right with legal. We'll see. The attorneys will. <laughs> the attorneys can come up. Well, with I don't know. Things, I, so hey, I don't know. The, the attorneys are bright, but I can't say much about the article. The article didn't point that out. Right. That's true. I mean, why not? I mean, if they, if you really want to attack uh, autopilot, attack it for breaking the law. Okay, that's and then, you know, the crash is caused because the automated emergency braking system doesn't work and isn't programmed properly to not crash. It should be programmed to not crash. Come on, Society of Automotive Engineers. Come on, NHTSA. Recall these things. 
Make it happen. We'll be back with more, but first, this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, look for the white paper called The Smart Transportation Revolution. It's under the Insights and News tab. Lots of great information to help you make informed decisions about investing. ETFs, you probably know, can be a good way to spread risk with investments and focus on a particular category of stocks. The website, again, is MOTOETF.com. Back to the latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter. Another piece in The Verge by Andrew Hawkins is titled, Welcome to Simulation City and the Virtual World Where Waymo Tests Its Autonomous Vehicles. There's a video here too, Alan. Yeah, there's a video there, and um, and uh, apparently, um, uh, you know, uh, Waymo gave The Verge, a, you know, a, a good description of their of their simulation system, and and uh, you know, I haven't seen it, I haven't reviewed it, um, uh, and whatever. Uh, I think you know, simulation is really important. Simulation systems are really valuable. Um, you know, um, um, Chen Yi and his PhD dissertation focused on, you know, being able to use uh, virtual reality to be able to generate uh, testing sets for for the AI for these things. That's, you know, <clears throat> the virtual world is is really good. We've praised Nvidia for for their developments and and, and advances in, in in the simulation techniques here. <clears throat> And, and they claim that they, you know, simulated 15 gazillion miles or whatever the number is, you know, some huge number of miles. But again, you know, I, I sure hope the 15 gazillion weren't of the, you know, of the type that the, that the video was released because the short video is out there with a, with a car going down a freeway, you know, everything, you know, just fine. Thank you. No deer jumping out in front of anything or whatever, or nobody cutting anybody off and then hitting the brake as they cut somebody off to see what the heck's going to happen and what to do, 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 and whether, you know, and I, I know that they, they test those corner cases, but, you know, those, 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 those corner cases last 10 seconds, you know, the, the whole clip of that, of that, Tesla crash is six seconds long. And if you sit there and you watch it for the six seconds, you know, <sighs> everything's hunky-dory until about, you know, 1.6 seconds before collision <laughs> or, you know, something like that, whatever, you know. And, and so uh, the, the things when you need to be able to really do the reaction to, to uh, uh, avoid a crash, uh, something that you didn't expect is you know takes place over a few hundred feet a few seconds so you don't have to go you know simulate this thing for gazillion miles all right well we know that waymo waymo is out there in the real world and has been for some time and in chandler as, as well and i guess now san francisco yeah and and they do. And, and, you know, I've even argued on these. I'm sure people have rolled their eyes where I say, you know, whenever, whenever one sees the, the, the disengagement reports in, in, um, 
in California that have to be submitted by all these companies every year. You know, having high disengagement is 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 not a bad thing because it must be that you're testing this thing in really critical cases and darn it you know you you you, you had to come in and intervene you don't if, if there are it, no disengagements what are you learning right uh, you're relearning what you know okay the big question is, is not not because of Mr. Rumsfeld, Princeton grad, but uh, you know you don't know what you don't know, which is of course the challenge of simulations. Because guess what? Simulations, simulations is all stuff that somebody wrote code, programmed, new, anticipated, put it in there so that you would. What about, I keep, you know, talking about the curveball that Mother Nature throws at home. Where'd that slider come from? <laughs> you know, which is always the tough part. Well, you know, we do variation to do to the Yeah, sure. But <laughs> it's still within the realm of whatever you're doing. So that's why you really end up having to go out there in reality. You have to go out there in reality with humans overseeing it because they probably can react better to that whatever thing that happened better than these systems at least until we get to a point in which my goodness it's gotten to be that good then we're either testing and we should start capturing some societal value out of this thing as opposed to putting you know more miles on simulations and more book, more reports on some shelf. Let's get some value out of this investment. Societal value. That's what you're pushing for. That's what we're pushing for. <laughs> we want to do it in Trenton. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm laser focused on making it happen in, in, in a Trenton of this world. Because to me, that's where the folks really, I think they, they'll really benefit from this mobility. Let's put it in where people are just not indifferent. I mean, they really, this is life-changing. Let's do it there. The European Union, Alan, has fined BMW and Volkswagen a billion dollars for running an emissions cartel since the 1990s. I mean, we've talked about the, the VW scandal before, and and you liken this, you you. you take a cautionary approach telling the automakers that this cannot happen when it comes to the use of, of this new technology. Yeah, it can't happen. I mean, you know, when, when you find that you have a problem and you don't really match up to what is expected of you, of you, let everybody know, everybody will get around and help you fix it. You know, this, with respect to all this automation, it's all about safety. You know, maybe maybe one of the good things that can come out of that the lead article, the, the, the that crash, you know, poor kid died, whatever. So unfortunate is that maybe now, you know, Tesla and all the other car manufacturers will put a line of code in there that says, "Don't pass on the right." If you're going faster than the traffic on your left. Slow down to that speed. I mean, that's what, three lines of code? <sighs> Trivial. Okay. 
You want to pass? Okay, change lanes, get over in a passing lane. Pass on, if you're in England, I realize it's opposite. Okay, thank you, England. But you know, it's easy to change that line of code in England, make it work in England too. You know, and, and also with respect to the speed thing, Darn, I, I think there's, I think that that's the way Tesla actually operates on speed that it, it doesn't, I, I think. I don't have one, I don't use one. I'm not sitting there, you know, monitoring this stuff but I think they've done it there, but you know, <sighs> those are the big ones. Alan, you highlight a report in Barron's uh, that's titled the wrong way to pay for infrastructure. And this talks about congestion pricing and uh, efficient pricing for trucks. Yeah. And I, you know, that's our friend Cliff Will, uh, Winston, um, um, you know, he's, uh, he's there. Uh, it's you know congestion pricing or or i <laughs> in my class i don't call it congestion pricing so sorry bill vickery yeah you know i don't call it that i call it value pricing okay congestion just sounds like a negative word i mean what is it with me in words you know i don't want to call these things level one two three i want to call them smart driving cars i mean i have a problem i guess i i should have i was not an english major so i know nothing about words so trust me but but you know congestion pricing just sounds like you know it's really value pricing it's pricing the commodity at its point such that the maximum value can be extracted from the commodity the commodity is the roadway is the bridges is the lanes is the is the is the capacity of that thing so i always prefer to call it value pricing and if you call it value pricing then eh, you know it's value uh, you know people might go in there with a little bit more of a smile as opposed to congestion pricing i mean who must hate that just by the sound of the word i don't know <laughs> anyway Think about it. <laughs> you know, the power companies call it peak and off peak and things like same yeah. same concept. Yeah, same concept, same concept. Sure, and you know, it's it's not that you know if you're indifferent in terms of whether you go and peak and off peak, then geez, uh, let's make it attractive for you to go off peak, and then you're no longer indifferent. You actually get you know you get more value to you because you did it off peak, because you were indifferent peak or off peak. And guess what? You also add value to the person who has to do it then. And, you know, that, I don't know. It's, to me, it sounds better. But anyway, uh, whatever. Also from the newsletter, Alan, Hyundai has uh, completed its purchase of an 80% stake in Boston Dynamics or $880 million. Uh, SoftBank will hold on to 20% through one of its affiliates still. Yeah, I mean, I, it seems to me that a billion for Boston Dynamics, I don't know. I haven't been really closely watching the uh, the robotics world, but uh, my goodness, that doesn't seem like it's too extravagant of a price given, you know, what the, what the, um, uh, what the other, what, what the AV companies and, 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 and technology things have been going for have been sort of valued at and <laughs> I, I look at, at at what uh what they've done in creating some of these robots that i mean you know 
I'm not necessarily a fan of the humanoid robot type things, but my goodness, uh, they're good. And I, I, I linked, a, you know, one of my favorite uh, Boston Dynamics videos showing, uh, showing them dancing, the dancing robots. And I'm there, whoa, I mean, you know, it's nothing but code. It's doing that. It's nothing to code, balance, and whatever, and then being able to do actuators and do precisely exactly what you need to do, and having the the sensors to know exactly, you know, what everything is, and boom, and pulling it off to to be able to balance. And it seems to me you can do that. Then maybe what Branson did is like almost trivial. You know, the, the old rocket sciences now, you know, robotic science is, is what uh, what what uh, that company does. So I don't know. Um, and, and, and of course, I raised the question as to, you know, whether this is a national security sort of implications on this. I mean, the technology that's involved in doing all that is... Um, you know that's that's like to like that to be a U.S. asset, but I guess that's only because I'm a naturalized American citizen. You know, so well, SoftBank uh, had uh, the bulk of it before; they've just reduced their stakes, so it's not like it's changing all that much in e- Japan and Korea. Yeah, yeah, understood, but um, understood, but. Nevertheless, <laughs> and maybe you know, out of those, this whole thing, SoftBank needs a. Need, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to comment on SoftBank. SoftBank's balance sheet. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you to our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO. You can get more info at MOTOETF.com. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever you turn to for podcasts. Smart speakers can play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching and please stay safe. And have a good week and congratulations. Congratulations to Italy today for uh, winning the Euro Cup uh, against England on a shootout. It was uh, uh, what a match.